handshake. HBO needs to fire you. You know about boxing. You ain't broke my back. What do you mean by that? You broke back is broken. What a, a, a vertebrae or, or what portion? Spinal. in London. What did you do? I don't know. What are you talking about? I didn't go. I was at home. Are you trying to bait me up or what? You're starting to say all these big words. I'm starting to take it as disrespect. Hey, guys. Normally, when I when I sit in front of a microphone like this, I have something I want to say. I want to something interesting, a new perspective on stuff. You know, it's what I like to do. I like to to dig beneath the surface, but I think this one, and I'm not going to call it an episode because it doesn't feel like an episode, is more about how quickly the tide has turned on Daniel Dubois. It's hurtful to watch because, and I speak from a position of bias because obviously I've known Dan, I've known the family for a number of years, five or six years now. But that's a 23-year-old kid. And I say kid, knowing what it's like to be 23 years old. He's a 23-year-old kid. All he's known his whole life is boxing. I don't know what Daniel Dubois is interested in. I don't know if he collects model railways. I don't know if he's a comic book hoarder. I don't know. And I don't think anyone else does. And here's a kid who's done nothing but box, and he's been really good at it against his peer group in every generation and every level he's been head and shoulders above. On Saturday, he came up against something he had never been prepared for. Emotionally, tactically, spiritually, psychologically. He, hadn't, he was never prepared for this. Is that his fault? No, it's not his fault because all he's ever done is try and be the best he can. That's all he's ever done. He's got up in the morning and he's done his runs and he's done his push-ups and he's done his sit-ups. He's done work up until the age of 23 that we never did really. And that's why we're not on TV. And you really think a young man like that that puts it all on the line the way he does week in, week out, year in, year out is going to quit A young man who used to spar bigger and stronger guys, older guys, and get his head punched in and never quit then. We're going to say he quit now. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the sad part of it is it's not the usual boxing trolls. It's the guys in the media. It's the ex-boxers saying Dubois swallowed it. Now, let me be absolutely clear. Only he knows the answer to that. Only Daniel Dubois knows if he was looking for a way out of that fight. I can give you my version. I don't think he did. I think we need to allow human beings to protect their health above all else. And 
when you're at risk of blindness. And when you get an injury like that, you are at risk of blindness. If you don't have the compassion as a human being to, to pause and to say, he's got to carry those eyes with him for the rest of his life. Not only that, he's got to carry the scars of what happened that night with him for the rest of his life. I don't. You don't. Twitter doesn't. They'll move on and they'll find another victim. But here's why it worries me. And I'm going to go into detail about what's been said, but I want to keep it really high level for now. 2020 has been a year of mental health awareness. I don't know how many initiatives I've seen in the last 11 months or so where we've talked about mental health and how we preserve mental health. And as Caroline Flack will say, be kind to each other. Because these things have an effect. And the same people advocating that, the same people retweeting the be kind, the same people hashtagging be kind, are the same people saying Daniel Dubois quit. As if they're authorities on what quitting is. Who made them authorities on what quitting is? And I don't, no, no, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think you need to have boxed on BT Sport to understand what it's like to be in that position. I can tell you times in my life I felt I quit. I'm not afraid to admit them because they were a long time ago and I came back and that pain has forced me to never quit again. I can remember being nine years old and playing rugby at school. Had never played rugby in my life. I hadn't had a training session. But they said you can run quicker than most of the guys in this squad, so why don't you play? No one had told me what the hell I had to do. I played in the centres. They threw the ball to me. I had two kids running at me. And I'm holding this ball. And I can see these two kids running at me. I was the youngest. right? So in our school, you ran from pretty much grade four to grade seven in terms of those who were allowed to play rugby. I was the youngest kid in my year in grade four and I was playing rugby. I was also the smallest kid. Or one of them, actually. And I've got these two big fat lumps running at me. And I wasn't worried about getting hurt. What I was worried about was letting the team down by getting tackled with the ball. So I'm there going, what do I do with this ball? And I had no clue what to do. And do you know what I did? I just threw it up in the air. And on reflection, I was probably just thinking someone in my team will catch it, will carry on playing and it's all good. I'll figure this out as I go along. So I threw it up in the air. I got smashed by both kids, ended up on the floor, and everyone started laughing. And so I remember just running around in a daze, and I didn't even want to be on the pitch. You could see I wasn't holding my position. Whenever there was action, I was just there, and I was, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I felt humiliated, and I just thought, you know what, I'm coming off. And at halftime, I just said, I'm not playing anymore. And they put someone else on. I didn't play rugby for, for my school team for another two years. Because the perception was he hasn't got the heart to do it, which is never true. I didn't know what I was doing. In those two years, I learned to play. I learned the principles. I learned what I had to do. I learned how to make decisions. Came back, played for the second team. And I was still a baby. I was the youngest in that team. In the smallest. But I came back from that. That was, that was my line in the sand where I said, from now on, I'm going to go after things and I'm going to keep doing them until I physically can't do them anymore. And I had a phase of that. I've played rugby with my shoulder hanging out. 
you know. I've carried on in the ring with broken ribs and I've done all of this stuff to prove how tough I was. And you do that in your 20s and I understand that. It's not the best thing you can do because you still got to carry that body with you into your 30s because you're broken. But after that experience, as a kid, as an eight-year-old kid, because I wasn't even nine at that point, as an eight-year-old kid, I didn't want to be known as someone who bottled it. I didn't want to be known as that person. Because people made fun of that for two years solid until I showed up and, you know I mean, trained hard and showed I was good enough. Two years of hell, people made fun of it. And, if, and all I ever did was try and prove how tough I was year in, year out. You're fighting in the streets, you're doing this. You're fighting four people on your own, taking the kicking. Why? Because you'd rather take the kicking than back down. How stupid is that? And now I live with the legacy of it. My jaw clicks, my shoulder doesn't feel right, my knees are screwed, my hips are screwed, all because I tried to prove to the public how tough I was. <laughs> there was no need. There really was no need because you know how tough you are by what you've had to get through to get to where you are now. My mum probably hasn't had a street fight for 40 or 50 years. My mum's one of the toughest people I know, one of the hardest people I know, one of the most resilient people I know. When it's time for her to hold her ground, she'll, she'll go down with the fort. But she's not an idiot. She knows... <laughs> that she's got to protect her health because the world needs her to be healthy before it needs her to be brave. And I say the same thing about Daniel Dubois. The world needs Daniel Dubois to be healthy more than it needs him to be brave. And over the last few hours, I've spoken to people who've had the eye injury, who have fractured an orbital bone. And people talk about it's the pain. It's not the pain. It really isn't the pain. Boxers go through more pain on a regular basis. It's not the pain. It's the disorientation. It's that mental pressure that says, in a sport where I need both eyes to function and I need, I need some kind of homeostasis so my reflexes are trustworthy, all of a sudden, one half of that equation is going crazy on me. I have no idea what's happening. Am I going blind? Am I losing my sight? It feels like something bad is happening to my eye. If I stick around for around 10 and 11 and 12, does this mean I'm going to be blind? What do I do? Someone tell me what I should do at this point. Look at American sports. At that point in American sport, you'd take a timeout. You'd take a timeout, you'd regroup, you'd come back again. Boxing doesn't offer that. And he didn't have the opportunity. And that's a lonely place to be for a 23-year-old guy who hasn't been prepared for it. And it's not like he's a kid that came from a street-fighting background. It's not like Daniel Dubois came from, from Woodpecker or came from Turnham or came from those street fights that used to happen in Deptford and New Cross. He's not from that. And we should congratulate him for that. But what that means is that whole notion of being hard as nails, being brave and not backing down, that's not him. Well, I'll rephrase that. He hasn't had the opportunity to, to demonstrate that. Because we've all quit and we've all failed at some point in our lives. It just so happens it doesn't happen in the glare of, you know, BT Sport and 
you know, thousands of your peers watching and offering an opinion. And I'll come back to this point. In a year where we've talked more about mental health than we have probably in the last five years combined, are we really prepared to stick it to a young 23-year-old because he chose to protect his health? He chose to protect his sight, which by no means he's not guaranteed to be past fit to ever box again. So he's going to deal with a defeat and a fear that he might not get the opportunity to fight again. He might never get the opportunity to put that right. And we're here calling him a quitter. Why do you even care? Harold Graham has been seen stacking shelves in, in Asda or whatever it is. I used to see Harold Graham. He used to do a boxer size class in Ponds Forge when I was a student. And I said, is this the level of respect that we show our former fighters, the guys who were brave, who did put it on the line? You don't care. When, when Harold had his, go, his GoFundMe or whatever, who put money into that? Not many people. I see Gary Logan at BXR. People don't even show him any respect. And Gary was as brave as they come. No one shows him any respect. Keith Bristol, I see walking around. Who shows him the love and respect? Boxing fans are quick to forget. Yet in the moment, they act like their opinion is so important that they have to broadcast it, even if it's at the expense of the health and spiritual well-being of someone. So before you dig someone out like that, just pause for a second and go, how invested am I in this person's life? And if you're not invested in that person's life, just shut up, just leave it. Because it's not that big a deal. There was a clear winner, there was a clear loser, the world will move on. It's been really sad to hear people just talk in such unequivocal terms. He quit. I have no idea if he quit. I just, I said it in my previous episode, I think he shut down. I think it all got too much, not because he's weak, because it was all unfamiliar to him. Daniel's not used to being in nip and tuck fights. He had no idea if he was winning or not. If he had known that he was a few rounds up on a couple of cards and someone had said, look, just see out behind your backhand or whatever, maybe he could have done that. It looked like he didn't know what the hell was going on and everything just shut down on him. This is what happens with our child prodigies. They all go through this phase. Be it music, sport, it doesn't matter. The job of the adults around Daniel Dubois was to prepare him for moments like this, and they didn't do that. Let's leave him out of the discussion and focus on them. Why didn't they do their job? Why didn't they do what they needed to do? Why didn't they look after their, their cash cow, their future star? Why didn't they prepare him for this? It's not Daniel's fault. Daniel did everything he could. You can't quit when you do everything you can. It's impossible to quit in those situations. That's why what Macklin said was distasteful. What all the other boxers have said about him quitting has been distasteful. Matthew Macklin quit against Golovkin. Uh, I hear this bullshit about he got hit in the liver. There's no way he could have carried on. Can someone explain to me why Arturo Gatti carried on? And Macklin didn't. And from what I can gather, Golovkin's a far bigger puncher than Mickey Ward is. So why didn't Matthew Macklin get up? Go and watch him get put down again. He wasn't even clawing at the ropes. Like, 
Remember when Trevor Burbick got knocked out against Mike Tyson and you had to give Burbick credit. He was trying to get up. He couldn't. Trevor Burbick didn't quit against Mike Tyson. He was in no position to continue. Did Macklin quit? He seemed to lie down quite comfortably until the ref stopped counting. Until Actually, no, not until the ref stopped counting. Until the ref got to about eight and he knew he wouldn't make it up. And then all of a sudden he was a lot better for it. I didn't see him clawing at the ropes or clawing at the ring or trying to get up. But we don't call that quitting. They didn't call what Kell Brook did quitting. They definitely didn't call what Joshua did quitting. Why? Because they were your paymasters and it's, you got a free shot against the guy on BT Sport so you can stick it to him. And you think Macklin's nearly 40 and he's doing that. No sense of context, no sense of understanding. Maybe Eddie Hearn should permanently control his account because... I get tired of this. You know, you get these, these weasels like Danny Connor come out in the media and they say, unless you've boxed, you can't have an opinion. Well, what I've learned from this is if you've boxed, you're the last person that should have an opinion. Poor old Daniel. And I said a lot of things about whether he should change his team and what and whatnot. And there's a story around that. I promise you there's a story. And if someone bought me enough beers, I might tell the story. But just know that this guy's in a precarious place because people he trusted to act in his best interests did not act in his best interests. And he finds himself in a position he probably can't get out of. A position whereby if he decided to not box again, I'd fully understand. But he's been done wrong. Because those that were meant to look out for him failed to do so. And they looked out for themselves. He didn't quit. He didn't know what he had to do. Because no one prepared him for that. They just assumed he was Superman. And Daniel Dubois is just a young kid, just a young, shy kid who's just bigger than your average kid. Such a lovely young man. And all I can do and all I can pray is that he goes out there and finds happiness while he heals. And maybe he finds the hunger for boxing, but if he doesn't, okay. Go and find something you're passionate about. But that kid didn't quit. He fought for long enough with that eye that that's not quitting. That's not quitting. And what I've, what, I, what I've been proud of is watching Denzel Bentley come to his defense because that's what you want to know. You want to know you've got friends in your corner. And that's reaffirmed my belief that there is something in boxing. There is a brotherhood in boxing at a time when boxing's elders should have done better. A time when even Eddie Hearn once again you know, Coogan Cassius allows this platform, IFL, to, to ruin the lives of others. It's disgraceful. You know, we talk about the manufactured views, which yeah, there's evidence for that already. I'll leave you guys to go and deduce that. We talk about the manufactured views. We talk about the fake hype around IFL. We talk about all of these things that Coogan's behind. At what point does Coogan go, Eddie, I don't think it's fair you're giving this young kid a kicking. Like, oh, well, it's just Eddie's opinion. No, you know exactly what Eddie's doing, man. He's trying to stick it to him so he's less valuable. But we allow this because this wasn't allowed with Joshua. Did Joshua quit? I didn't see it. None of this has been pressed. Why isn't Coogan saying where's the same energy? I thought Coogan was a boxing fan, but he puts his platform before the mental health of others. This isn't the first time. 
Prince Patel li still lives with the scars of an interview that should never have gone out. And Coogan's got the cheek to be angry at Prince Patel. Should never have put that interview out. Should never have done that. But no one holds him to account because people are under this mistaken idea that you need Coogan Cassius for what? He doesn't sell any tickets. Nothing sells tickets other than you asking people to buy your tickets. Don't believe that 10,000 views on IFL does anything for your career. It does everything for his bank balance at your expense. Coogan should have been honest enough with everyone he interviewed post the fight to say, look, don't say he quit unless you have a really good reason behind it. I saw a lot of people who were on that Dubois hype train jump off super quick. Super quick and switch their allegiances. This is why boxing is full of scumbags. Do people say to me, why do I say the stuff I say? This is why. I don't need that access. It's not a privilege. It's a curse. To know what people in boxing think about fans, to know what people in boxing think about each other, is a curse. Because all it does is debase your view on humanity. So, all I'll say in closing, I didn't want to take too long on this, is this. That's a 23-year-old kid who by round 10 had no idea why everyone he had trusted to get him through this process had failed him so much. And in that moment, when Joe threw that final jab and that, that jolt of pain went through him and the bright light started to happen and he started to see the rainbows and the multiple colours and he started to see five or six of Joe Joyce and he thought, Jesus, I might go blind? His soul probably told him, I don't think any of these people care about your health. And he just probably went, if they're not going to look out for me, then I've got to look out for me. That's not quitting. That's surviving. And as far as I'm concerned, more power to him for doing it. I watched David Luiz and Raul Jimenez clash heads yesterday. And the first thing I said was, in boxing... Both men would have been off for, for four weeks mandatory. David Luiz carries on, carries on heading the ball, carries on playing with a concussion. When will we learn that this notion of being brave and being hard is, is fake? It's fake. Being tough is raising four kids on your own. Being tough is having the courage to love again after someone's cheated on you. Or someone's abused you. Being tough is the courage to overcome addiction. Being tough is the ability to withstand that draw to those things that are addictive. Being tough is that discipline to carry on. It's not about being heroes to people on Twitter who you don't even know. And whose opinions mean nothing. Because they can't even be heroes in their own lives. They're quitters in their own lives. Let the young man heal. Let the young man decide what he wants to do with his life. But he's not a quitter. And I don't think we should label this to people who we don't even know for certain quit. There's some guys who said in their corner, I don't want any more. And they seem to get chance after chance and the public still love them. Gotta ask yourself why. <laughs>